is your boy Roshan Gomez. You are listening to the Rumor Roy podcast. I want to say hi everyone and welcome back. But I've been doing multiple introductions. This is actually our third episode, so for me, I feel like I'm a senior pod, a seasoned podcaster at this point. But yeah, it's good to be back. It's good uh, to have you all listening to us again. We are excited to be back. We have a special guest in the house. Uh, I'm going to introduce her, but just. Okay, maybe I'll introduce her, then I'll do the okay. introduction. Let's change things up a little bit for myself. And, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in the house today, we got a, a new guest, but someone I actually have come to know quite a while now. Uh, please give it up for Miss Upshi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, if fans of the podcast will know that I went on Upshi's podcast months ago now, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's the host of The Woke Up. Show. Yes. I always say the woke show for some reason. The woke That's up, right. the woke up show. So okay. So before we get into that, uh, how are you actually? I'm okay. <sighs> All right, ready to chit chat for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Yeah. So you are now officially our first guest. Yay! I feel so special. <laughs> like first guest, the times the charm. <laughs> the times the charm. You're the first guest for twenty. Well, you're the first recording to release. We hope this recording will be released. For 2023, and also you're the first guest on camera. I mean, we did it initially for the first episodes, but yeah, for many, you know, most of the 47 episodes, it's been audio only. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, you're honored. You're in the books of the Rumor Roy podcast I'm now. So honored. <laughs> so honored. So um, yeah, for those who are listening, uh, you know, first up, thank you for listening right now. Thank you also for all those who actually DM'd me and messaged. Uh, and asked like if not asked what was going on like why there was no recording just said release episode <laughs> like no no context no hi just, just release nice emoji, release, <laughs> release an episode so I really do appreciate it was very affirming and then there were a few people who spoke to me even other podcasters like the Young Transitions were very encouraging so the reason why the delay uh, or why I took a hiatus number one uh, my job was sort of uh I was kind of like doing a lot of soul searching on my prof- professional career mm-hmm. and that soul searching led to me opening up my own business, my own firm. Oh wow! So that was a whole thing, uh, it took a lot of time and you know like setting up bank accounts yeah. and, and you know business cards and you know just Oh yeah, all the little nitty gritty details. The administrative stuff, you don't suspect right, suddenly you'll be like sleeping and be like, oh I need binders. Like, you know? Oh my god! <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like random things like oh we need staplers where do you get and then you think like weird things like where do you get like files and where do you get I mean you think yeah. stationary but like I'm talking about like bulk and yeah and also like you want to put like your the name of the company on exactly. it and all of the yeah. like, customization yeah so like where do you like do things like that so that's one reason second reason is also because I wanted to like if I, if I wanted to do this I wanted to do this 100% mm-hmm. so for me I knew that like getting my stuff on video was like really important uh, I mean, I have a like a gr- nice little following on audio, but like sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a waste because I record something on audio. It's not easy for people to come back to it. Mm. You know, like YouTube, you can like it's recommended to you, so you can go yeah. through like you know like kind of like a, 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 a whirlpool. You know, you can get sucked and you just like suddenly you're watching like twenty four hours of Joe Rogan or whatever lah. Yeah. Oh, completely. whatever. <laughs> no, completely. I, I mean, YouTube podcast. Yeah, I mean that's what happened with me, like Tiger Belly. Right, I got into Tiger Belly. Yeah. Tiger Belly, like I guess, like maybe two a year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. But they had already released so many episodes after so that. So many. Yeah. So it's just like me, like watching all their yeah. older episodes, right? 
But if I were to do it on Spotify, it would be so difficult. Like, yeah. you would just like, you have to find that episode yourself. Yeah, and also I think that it's just good to like branch out to like the two different types of viewers because there's the YouTube viewers and then the Spotify, Spotify listeners. It's just better, I guess, to have it everywhere. Yeah, some people are more audio, they like to work out and listen to their podcast. Yeah. Some people really like the visual component. Like, actually, I like the visual component. Same. Yeah. But I also have Spotify Premium and I realize it also has uh, YouTube Premium. Uh, okay. And if you don't have YouTube Premium, I realize it's not as easy to listen to the podcast because you can't close the app. Oh, okay. Oh, and all those little things that, that's why Spotify also can be better. better. Yeah, so yeah. it depends on the, what you're looking for. Yeah. So anyway, that's one of the... So the, so for me, if I wanted to relaunch, I wanted to put myself on video. So that meant mm-hmm. investing in cameras, in different interfaces. So I put in a lot of money into this podcast. So now, 100% I'm going to be yeah, releasing episodes. Yeah. So here's my joke that I have repeated for two times. It's going to come to the time. So basically, I would like to announce in the number of podcasts, I'll be starting an OnlyFans account. <laughs> To pay back for all my stuff. Since you have the internet. <laughs> yeah, mine as well. <laughs> it's a stupid joke. The, no, but did you see that Whitney Cummings actually started an OnlyFans? And she's not doing it for like nudes. She does it for like dirty jokes. Oh, that's that, like, smart. Like really like, you know, like not woke jokes. And she's like, what can you say? You've paid to come on OnlyFans and watch it. You can't cancel me. And yeah. I was like... And she did a roast of herself, yeah. and the people really went in. Right, so right, I was like, that's pretty smart. I mean, if you're going on OnlyFans to like watch like people show their feet, I think dirty jokes or like you know like uh, or, or or like jokes that are too far should be acceptable. If you're like you close your tab after watching whatever you watch, and then you listen to some jokes and you're offended, mm-hmm. it feels a bit weird, lah. It's like yeah, you were just watching somebody like fart for two hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How dare they say this? <laughs> But I have to say, Winnie Cummings is brilliant. I love her. Yeah, Winnie, Winnie Cummings' podcast also is like... Oh my god, I religiously watch it every week. Yeah, she's at, really... At first, I didn't like her. I just kind of was like, who is this woman? Like, why is she like this? But mm. the more you kind of listen to her, the more you're like, oh my god, she's so wise. And she's so uh, sharp. She's so, so fast, sharp. So fast. I didn't like... She did that... Uh, you wrote a TV series uh, Two Broke uh, Two Broke Girls yeah, I never really liked the series I loved that show yes. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really my cup of tea but when I started this I liked her comedy roast mm, um, yeah. that's where I first heard of her and also her podcast is really really good um, there's another she also has amazing guests yeah yeah she of had course. like Anna Delvey you know the girl who like committed that big scam in New York there's even a TV oh, show about her and she's on house arrest so Whitney Cummings like, went to her oh, house oh shoot yeah so she gets like amazing guests yeah she did also that guest that, that girl who was like arrested wrongfully in Italy I think oh Amanda Knox Amanda Knox yeah, 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 yeah. I love that case yeah that was yeah. a good uh, good episode then she also does like because I think she's somewhat close to our generation a little bit so she does like Hilary Duff yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> people that you know we would have like you know yeah. somewhere in our age yeah. Graham would appreciate right uh, even like Miranda Cosgrove yeah, like, that episode <laughs> really took off on TikTok yeah yeah exactly <laughs> then even like uh, I like she took me some of the community like, I really like community so like Alison Brie oh yeah Alison Brie was so funny yeah, yeah very very funny I think it's also just like listening to people talk like all your perceptions of them really go away because mm. like oh okay this is like a really nice real human yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's easy for us to always like paint like broad strokes about it so we like yeah. paint like Hollywood as like they're all this yeah. all that but actually they're all you know human beings are complex right yeah even like Paris Hilton that episode was so good like Paris Hilton is so smart like no, yeah that one I knew for sure that, yeah. I knew for a long time because she used to go on um, like I'm a big fan of Craig Ferguson you mm. know the late night show guy 
So she used to go on his show and his one is like spontaneous, right? Yeah. So like there would be different episodes where she would play a character and then other episodes where she won't. So even back then I knew like, oh, no, Perry like she's not a bimbo. Yeah, like, she's playing the act. game. Yeah, she's yeah. playing the game really well. So you, you, have you always been into like listening to this kind of content? You've always liked podcasts? I think I've always liked TV. I used to watch a lot of TV. Right. And then in the pandemic is when I discovered like podcasts. Okay. Actually, no. When I started working, I worked this corporate job. I was so bored. I was so... <laughs> are we allowed to swear? We can swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so bored. Yeah, yeah. And then I would like try to like, how do I spend my day? Because so, I didn't wait, have Your swear word was bored. No, it was... Can I swear? Like, yeah. Bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a swear word. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but I was like had eight, like I wouldn't have any work, so I didn't yeah. know what to do. So I was like, I have to like appear busy, but I can have my headphones. No. So I started listening to like conspiracy podcasts, ah. and they were like six hours long, and I listened to the whole thing, like nice. about like Princess Diana, about like drugs, like literally everything. And so that kind of like slowly like got me into it, and mm. then when I. I went through a breakup. I was like looking at all these like oh, breakup no. podcasts, oh, and then no. slowly like kind of like get into it. Yeah. But it was like this one uh, podcast called um, Small Doses with Amanda Seals. Okay. So she's actually a, a comedian. She was on Whitney Cummings actually, mm. and she's amazing. Her podcast is just so good, and she would talk about all these subjects that I was like. Like she talked about like insecurity, but then she also talked about like candy. Like so her episodes <laughs> were really funny, and then. That sort of audio listening, of listening to people talk really like I was like I love this, and mm. then I found YouTube with this stupidest podcast ever. It's called Frenemies. Frenemies. It's with Trisha Paytas and oh Klein. oh yeah yeah they yeah, have yeah. The H3 podcast. yeah yeah they have that. I don't know it, it, they had a falling out right. Yeah, and yeah. I was like an active watcher. At the time, so <laughs> I was so heartbroken. I made my sister watch it. We called each other like we fought. They're not making up. They're not coming back. But that show really got me into it because I was watching it like. Every day, oh, wow. uh, and during the pandemic as well, because we have nothing to do, it makes you feel a bit like less lonely. Like yeah. you've got your friends talking yeah. with you. I find Ethan really annoying. Uh. Oh, you do? Yeah, hundred percent. Especially I don't know because I didn't used to listen to like the frenemy stage. Mm. I recently was only started mm. listening to him now. Yeah. Maybe the past, maybe just before COVID. Uh, mm. I find him really annoying. I think for me, like Ethan on his own, I don't love it. I yeah. loved him with Trisha together, and after they broke up, I was like, I can't, I couldn't even watch the content. It was yeah. too heartbroken. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I, I don't know. It's just not. I guess again, not for me. But I feel like even the fandom was already turning on Ethan. I mean, they yeah. tried to cancel him a few times or so. I haven't been really keeping up, but his his podcast is so popular. So huge! It's huge! It's huge! huge. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, he's huge, but I don't know whether he's as loved as he once was, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, last time he used to be basically interviewing uh, people who are famous on social media. Yeah. That was like one of his big yeah. things, right? But now he's, I think, become more political, more social commentary type. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, anyway. He's, Maybe his fan base doesn't want that because what he cultivated wasn't, wasn't based in yeah. political commentary. Yeah. But he did, I saw his interview with Bella Poch. Yeah, but that was a while back though. Yeah, that one was really good. good. Yeah. So yeah. he used to do things like that. Yeah. He even interviewed what like even someone so, someone political was like Jordan Peterson. He interviewed mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson. But like now because he's kind of like gone this direction, he sort of like deleted episodes of like certain like, oh. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does now he's working with like collaborating with like, you know, Hassan Abi. Oh, no. So he's like a left wing Twitch streamer. Oh Marxist oh, no, no. Twitch streamer. So they have like a show together. So 
So he's become really like political lah, basically. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. Huh. That's why I'm just like I just haven't watched H three in so long that it changed so much. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of like out of pocket. You know, mm. like I appreciate I can listen to people who are like I disagree with, but I still like oh they they are really good. Like for example, <laughs> I think Whitney Cummings or Bobby Lee, they are not people who, in terms of like things that I believe and they believe, uh, like in terms of like maybe things like religion mm. or whatever, right? Yeah. We might have completely different views. You know, sometimes I remember. Like, cause Kalala is actually Catholic or mm, was raised yeah. Catholic, so sometimes when she talks about Catholic church, I like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I can appreciate like, no, but you're still so talented and you're yeah. like, really, really, you know, these like quality stuff, right? Yeah. What do you think about Tiger Belly now? Because like, I, I mean, I enjoy a bit of Reddit scrolling, and I always look at like the Tiger Belly thread, yeah. and so many people like they are like turning on them now that they don't like the show as much. They really hate Kalala, like they yeah. hate her. But I, I I really like her. Like I don't dislike either of them, and I still love the show. I I don't know. I think the show is still good. I yeah. like. I just watched the. I mean, this week's one wasn't so good. Tiger Bell is one of the few that I actually kind of listen to on a regular. Yeah. Um. Last week they did the one with uh Rudy, and mm. also Rudy's sister. sister. I thought that was such a great so episode. Sweet. It was so so good. Um. I also noticed that there's a lot of, because I go through the comments. I don't go mm. already, but I look through the YouTube comments. A lot of hate for Kalila. I also don't think it's like really founded. I think people, I think a lot of maybe guys are listening to the podcast, and I think they're just projecting a lot of things. Yeah, like, they're just projecting because, like, I mean, obviously, like a lot of the, they're joking. Like, it's a comedy podcast, and everything they say, like she's manipulating him, she's a gold digger, she's this, and I'm like, she built the podcast with him, hundred percent. And he he was he has said it multiple times. Yeah, he said it multiple times. He has said it that. He said that if not for Kalila, yeah. he would not have done but any of But then people say that that's her brainwashing him into saying that, and like he's a fifty-year-old man, like yeah. he's not a child to be brainwashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that show is amazing. It's a really good. So show. good. I think the thing that I like about it, and that's what I I try to bring into the, my content, is like I love spontaneous. Yeah. I just am so impressed. How do you like weave a conversation and bring people in? And but they do like, and I do see like in Tiger Belly how like sometimes they say like you know cut this, cut this, or yeah. this is a horrible episode. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I you, that's the thing when you do this kind of like uh, episodes, it's like sometimes a hit or miss. Yeah. Because sometimes it's gonna fall flat, but then yeah. sometimes it's gonna be really great, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I've, so far I feel like there's never been a Tiger Belly episode where I'm like mm, not good. Even mm. the episodes where I have no idea who the guests are, I always mm. end up really liking. Right, right, right. I mean, sometimes they are slower than others. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you'll be like really like laughing. Like, yeah. like I can, like some of my favorites are like um, when they had uh, uh, his brother Steve and yeah. Steve's uh, that, that other guy. Um, Recently or a long time ago? Uh, it's, I mean, like, maybe last year. year. Yeah, last year. Like. No, so basically there's one part where they went. Oh, back. Steve and um, Sarah Highland? No, 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 no. That's even that's yeah. way before. No, Steve, because Steve has a podcast with another guy that I can't remember. No idea. But anyway, so like they go, the two of them went back to their um, Poway where mm. Bobby Lee all studied, right? So they meet uh, Bobby Lee's uh, coach. Yeah, I do remember this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So then yeah. the coach is like, Bobby Lee graduated from the school of Kuda Wuda Shuda. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, and there's a running gag, right? Everyone's so disrespectful yeah. to, to him, Poor right? Bobby. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I love him. Or, but the and one of the episodes that for me is like, I would recommend anyone watch. For me, it's like the pinnacle of podcasting was the episode he did with um, ah uh, man, that that uh, oh shoot, 
he's a really famous guy the the guy who did the facebook paintings uh the facebook you know he did the murals in facebook and then he became a millionaire ah what's his name um i don't think i've seen that one you know okay you know uh walking on the dead yeah walking the walking, walking dead sorry walking dead? you know the the asian guy Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Oh, uh, I the one with the two of them, right? Yes. The hundredth episode. Uh, two, uh, three hundred. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then Kalila cries because yes. she like keeps bowing. Yes. That episode is so good. It, to me, it's one of the best episodes yeah. because it's really a roller coaster. I can't remember any of their names now. Yeah, yes. I so can't because both of them are very famous. I, I can't. can't I can't remember. Clara, Clara. Oh, by the way, another new addition. We have a new helper in the podcast. My cousin Clara Gomez. Uh, who's come to save us? Clara, can you just Google and just check uh, Tiger Belly 300th episode? Who are the guests? They are so famous. I can't, I can't remember their names. But yeah, to me, that is like the pinnacle of podcasting because it's like it's up and down, up, up and, and down. down, up and down. And just so funny when they David Cho. David Cho, yeah. yeah. And CBD. Yes, yeah. correct, 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 correct. <laughs> and like, they just keep like taking bow breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, CBD, it's not there in the beginning. And then, you He's know. He's like, I'm going to go get my Postmates. <laughs> yeah, that's really comes in. <laughs> yeah. So, that yeah. That show is, I feel like, I mean, I do love Kalila, but Bobby is really, he's, he's magic. Like, yeah. he's a star. He's basically pure chaos, lah. Yeah. You know. But lovable chaos. Lovable, of course. And he's like the underdog that you want to root for. Yeah. So that's why, like, when it comes when like people like them come on and just like say like, we know you don't need this, but yeah. we just you know you can just relax and just want to give you your your flowers, right? Yeah. So it's like, and then so you feel so emotional because like you are also like rooting for yeah. him. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, and I just great. love like how everybody will say like, oh, Kalala is so much better than him, but he's like, I'm sexy too. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but even those things he plays into it a it's lot so right good. he does like first he'll be like so you calling me fat you know like he like you know builds it yeah. up and it's really really yeah good even Clara is very intelligent she is she's so so intelligent even her show with um, Annie Letterman Trash and Trash Tuesdays Trash Tuesday, yeah. love it and love Annie as well she's another very one good. that is so sharp yeah. like she almost can't help herself yeah. like she really like the, the way she the jokes just come out of her I'm like how do you do yeah, so especially when you put like her Winnie Cummings together, mm. especially when you put comedians with Winnie Cummings, I yeah. notice a lot. They're just like building premises all the time. Yeah, it's so like that's why I really like to see Winnie Cummings with different comedians. It's like building scenarios, building yeah. premises all the time. I'm like, how are you doing that? It's like yeah. amazing. Anyway, yeah. So, what other podcasts are you? So that is your uh, podcast trans my, uh, my, entry my into podcast. Into yeah, podcast. but I also been listening to. Hi Low with Emily Radakowski. Oh, okay. So I like have a love hate relationship with Emily Radakowski because yeah. I I do love her. I think she's so beautiful. Like mm. and she's like uh she's a, like a really like quote unquote radical feminist, but she's not that radical. I think that's where like everybody's like hates her, loves her because mm. like she's she regurgitates a lot of smart opinions. But mm. I don't think she has any smart opinions at <laughs> all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Her podcast is also pretty she interviews a lot of like interesting guests. Like she had Bella Thorne on recently. Okay. I'm like I knew of Bella Thorne. Just I, I wasn't a fan. Like by the time she was on Disney I was a bit older so I didn't watch her show. But I also I like fed into the narrative that like she's kinda gross, she's just a little messy. But when I watched her on the show she was like I was like eighteen years old and I had acne and I just felt really bad about myself and everybody branded me as somebody who's dirty and does drugs and she was like just had acne and I was like oh my god we like failed her as a society we were so mean 
to a young girl who was just like figuring out her way because we all got to do that in private yeah. and these kids all had to grow up in front of everybody and like I think she gives those voices where yeah. it's kind of it should they should have been given a chance to speak about it but some of the episodes are not great but the ones that are good are, are pretty good though. I think like one thing that's good as we as a society evolve I mean sometimes we go like too far maybe mm. but also uh, the process of like for example the way we talk about like vulnerable people in media like, for example people who are going, going through mental health stuff mm. uh, I mean like a conversation about how like Britney Spears was treated in the media right yeah. like she was basically just like everyone kind of like in a way they, everyone, everyone likes a train wreck right you know, in a sick way right yeah. like you, even though it's a tragedy but people like in a way to see that tragedy because yeah 100% for whatever because reason it's now. newsworthy it's something to talk about it's something that like we can gossip about it and feel so juicy but nobody around us gets hurt and also like like for example even like tragedies right I think there is a we when you see a car accident for example you put yourself in a situation right yeah and you're like oh my goodness but then there's also a relief because it's not it's you it's not you so that kind of can be a nice feeling as well yeah so I think we like to put ourselves in these situations but then like watch from afar so I think you know so like with Britney Spears and a lot of these different people right even like like they were talking about how with uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson how Janet Jackson mm-hmm. got the brunt of it yeah. so definitely I mean it, I think that's why it's good that we have these conversations and so that but not only women but also men who are uh, singled yeah. out right so sometimes even now I look at like the conversation about Kanye West right do we also recognize that he's someone with mental health issues yeah. and not you know we can quickly just brand him a particular way but are we also talking about like having a conversation about mental mm-hmm. health and like I think we are mm-hmm. but I mean I do think like Kanye is like a very interesting case because it's like I don't know it's like the people do talk about mental health when it comes to him but maybe they also like it's 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 messy because mm-hmm. the things he's saying like the anti-semitic and all of that it's like mm, how do you how do you like balance that? Yeah. But do, there's a question like, the tricky part is do you hold him to the standard of like myself or mm. you or do you hold him to the standard of someone who is mentally ill who's bipolar yeah. or do you manic bipolar manic bipolar yeah. who's to me lah I don't know about you yeah. but to me looking at him it seems like he's had, he was having an episode yeah right and so do we look at him in that context I think we can we should still hold people accountable, accountable yeah. when they are going through mental health crisis because obviously like you can't just like be horrible to a lot of people and say mm, I was just mentally unwell but I also think that like so they do this they do need accountability but I think they also deserve a bit of grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. because it was a tough time for him and if he can come back and say hey guys I was going through a lot I didn't mean it you shouldn't do this mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that then it's like yeah okay you can come back from that I just don't think that like, we should cancel cancel him yeah we shouldn't I mean definitely like you said like, it's a balance like, yeah but I have to say Kanye West is really entertaining bro. <laughs> <laughs> the he things is. that he has said is wild I haven't been keeping up with him that much but when Kim K was dating Pete Davidson yeah. he was like skeet and comedy and everything I was like oh my god this guy is like who I, who I what I feel like on the inside but, but, but were you following during like that the kind of when you started saying the Jewish stuff and all no, that no no oh my goodness have you not heard anything not really okay, just, just let me tell you some of the stuff it's yeah. so crazy it's so funny so there'll be the first one I saw that was amazing was when you went on Piers Morgan mm. so Piers Morgan already he was I don't know why he he felt I think that Piers Morgan was going to attack him so Piers Morgan was like really nice to Kanye West mm. but he just kept on being super combative yeah. and then there was one point he said um, 
something like he's went on a rant about Joe Joe Biden, mm-hmm. and he said something along the lines like, you know, Joe Biden didn't even meet with Elon Musk. I mean, it's obvious Joe Biden's autistic, right? What? And then, then he stopped and he's like, I can say I have mental health issues. <laughs> then I was like, I was not laughing. I don't know, I don't know. No idea. Uh, and then there was the famous one which made him go viral. He was doing that, like kind of like a TMZ. He's in like, we're going to go in his car. So he's just waiting outside, like a mini press conference mm. outside his car. So I was just happy to listen to this and it hadn't gotten viral yet. But when I heard it, I was like, this is so confirmed tomorrow this is going to explode. Because he said crazy things. Like one thing he said was like, uh, because this was just after he made that did a, he did a tweet about Jewish people and he mm. said you know Defcon whatever about Jewish people that so he was saying and then after that I think uh, his um, contracts with uh, what was Nike it? No, no not, not Nike, Nike. Uh, Adidas I think. is that what Yeezys is under yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. I think so as well I, <laughs> I use Bata <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah so he had you know been devalued so he was no longer a, a billionaire or whatever mm-hmm. right so then he's giving this press conference then he says uh, first he says like um, I don't know the order but he says like, you know I, I thank God you know God is so good because uh, you know I, I, if as a billionaire that's so, I, I couldn't be rich too but now God has humbled me by making me a billionaire so now I can understand how George Floyd felt when that neck when that knee was on his neck so he's equating, he equated his billionaire billionaire status with a police officer. So he's a <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Okay, Kanye, bit of a stretch. Then he was talking about, you know, so like my mental health stuff, you know, I was, you know, diagnosed by a doctor of, then he stops, of a particular race. You know what race, I can't say what race this doctor was, but you all know what race. Jewish people. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what the hell? Why does he hate It's so funny. But I guess know. it's like that. Probably he just feels like everybody is attacking him. him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, this Jewish sentiment, I think, is held by a lot of people. Mm. Uh, uh, rightly or wrong. I mean, no, wrongly, lah, for sure. Like, I think Dave Chappelle did like a really good monologue on SNL and he said, like, you know, um, just because I, I, I might be butchering this, but something like just because um, there are a lot of black people here, it doesn't mean like there's a lot of black people in Atlanta. It doesn't mean that black people control Atlanta. You know, just because yeah. there are a lot of Jewish people in like Hollywood, it doesn't mean that Jewish people control Hollywood. Yeah. You know, you're, they work a lot yeah. of work there. Yeah. So, but I think on the ground there are a lot of people who who, who feel this way. I think especially in the African American community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like watching some interviews. So there is like on the grassroots ground level a lot of some animosity same thing like how the African American community <coughs> and Asians also have a lot of conflict really? yeah I didn't know that I always figured that the minorities should like stick together you know so you know when like they talk about uh, like Asian violence right yeah it's, it's done by African Americans oh really like yeah. stop Asian hate yeah so the actual yeah. people who are hitting or abusing the African American and they have like historical reasons that because for example like Chinese community in America would like own businesses. Mm. Then of course, you know they are very I mean as businessmen do they take every opportunity mm. and so a lot of it's sending here like I guess I it's like the, the, the lower in, they would have to go into like more lower income places which are like historically Correct. more 
black and then yes. when they go in there it feels like so a lot of their yeah, those communities feel like you are taking advantage of our community like you are so cutthroat with us yeah. and you don't and also like maybe clickish a little bit yeah. or whatever right it's actually very and similar and also like I feel like there is like a lot of racism in the Chinese community against black people like mm. I've seen that like sentiment very not to say all of them but of course of course that. yeah I mean I think there are a lot of Asian cultures where like fairer is more beautiful and I yeah. don't think it's necessary it's even in the Indian community for sure yeah. I think Indian community even worse yeah. you look at like the whitening products and yeah. how much it sells in India uh, but some people say it's because of like the western influence I don't think so I think no, I think that like, for at least for Indian people it's like the caste right. thing and all that like and Northern Indians are uh, yeah and also like you probably didn't have to go out in the sun and work and that's why you're fairer right, right, right. and all of that I mean even my grandma every time I come back from the beach she's like wow so dark I'm, like, uh, I'm literally the prettiest I've ever been <laughs> and then she'll be like uh what <laughs> yeah so yeah definitely there is I think that aspect of it like, yeah and also, I guess there is. I don't know whether it's cultural or that's an innate thing in us, or whether it's a mix. But darker people are seen as more like less trustworthy or scary. Dangerous, yeah, Dangerous. scary, yeah. So I. I think like the only way to change it is just to like actively like read like unlearn that like and and not think that like if you hmm. see somebody like you know how there's always this like oh this is gangsters and all that you just see like. Uh, like a foreign worker like on the street like and walking at night they're not going to attack you I, they, they, have not, they don't want anything to do with you and you just have to like, consciously be like I don't have to be scared of this mm. person and just kind of yeah. get over it because I get why people say that narrative because they want you to be safe yeah. but it's also like most people don't want to hurt other, other people like it's really rare yeah but it's I guess hard when it's something so intuitive yeah right? And also, I think like in countries like Malaysia, for example, where I mean it would be different if you're like somewhere in Dubai or Singapore, mm-hmm. right, where safety is like almost guaranteed. Yeah. Right? But in Malaysia, I mean there've been articles where like you said like you know Malaysia is like one of the top fifteen most dangerous places for tourists or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine for like even locals. I yeah. mean, you look at places like like crazy things like Bangsa where people have died, right? It's like mm. mad, right? But I feel like a lot of the violence in Malaysia, like the Bangsa one, a lot of it I feel is like gang related. Like mm. it's not like you or I walking on the street, like not doing anything and somebody like mm. attacks us. It's more, I feel it's always like, like, you know, even the other day, I don't know if you saw in the news, somebody said that like they had pushed a package off their car and it had exploded. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And then it came out a few weeks later, there was actually, actually a couple who put it on the car and it was this guy who the wife was sleeping with him and the couple had put it there to like seek out revenge because she was mad oh, and he was mad right, so right. it was like all very I feel like a lot of the crime in Malaysia in that very scary sense is targeted uh, but I feel like petty crime yeah. constant and you, petty crime I think you won't get like violent crime but you'll get things of course like snatch, yeah snatch. you'll get scared yeah, but yeah. You, you won't get hurt yeah true there was one time when outside court KL court uh, I don't think it was a lawyer I think it was a, a normal person I mean, a lay person, he was going in his car, there was a katana. Oh, fuck! A samurai sword <laughs> on the car. That's a lot. That's a lot. That would scare me. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, um, no, 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 not, not today. No, at least if you put like a caress in something, like you go yeah. freaking katana, <laughs> that's mad. Like. Oh my goodness. But yeah, interesting, interesting. So, uh, how did we come here? I don't know. I mean, we've been going. We're talking about Kanye West. Yeah, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting um, 
Yeah, a couple of it's it's a wild time now. Even yeah. not just in Malaysia, but even internationally, just like a. I, I don't know why. I don't know whether we sometimes overstate things. Like maybe it was as bad during our grandparents' time, but mm. you know we don't have the. I think for at least like my theory of it, of it right is that like i think the past we saw the pandemic in 2020 when 2023 now so we had like two years the entirety of 2020 and 2021 with lockdowns and you know life and then lockdown life and then lockdown which happened all over the world and then 2021 came and it was like the first year where oh, sorry 2022 where there was like no lockdown like we kind of getting back to life yeah. and we've kind of changed our mindset covid is not going to kill us and we're going to be okay but because we got back into life we didn't kind of process like two years of like all that pent up like you know depression anxiety which i think everybody fear, fear yeah mm-hmm. everybody faced to a certain degree like you can't if you didn't feel like a little bit depressed i would be like kind of amazed mm-hmm. how you were able to get through those two years without it And so we came out in 2022. Even myself, like I just traveled so much. Like I just like, like I was just so thirsty for life that I just like went all out for everything. And I didn't process. So people, I feel like, were more erratic because they just didn't process what happened. Mm. We were so desperate to live our life because like my 24th year, my 25th yeah. year. Oh my god, I didn't do anything, yeah. and now I'm like 26, and I wanted to just do everything that I think now that we settled into 2023, we can kind of feel like okay. We spend the year like overcorrecting, and now we can kind of like process and get back to a more like level way of living. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to be a downer, but like even yesterday, I was talking. An uncle had come over and was talking to my parents and myself, and we were talking about how about like stories that happened, like you know, people that we lost during COVID, yeah. right? And you know how COVID impacted. I mean, impacted different people, and I I just like was struck by how. Covid was really a big tragedy. I mean, for a lot of us, yeah. we're just like trying to like uh, copy and get rid. But for a lot of people, it was like a real tragedy. Like we were talking about how one auntie had to go to hospital for dialysis, and then she ended up uh, her sugar was like I think too high, and she had a wound on the leg. She had to cut off the leg, and she ended up dying in the hospital, and no one could visit her. She became so when she had to cut off her legs, she was depressed also because no one could visit her, yeah. and then she ended up dying in the hospital, and like. Someone's life, you know how many people I've also had relatives and friends who, where they passed away in hospital and their family couldn't even go and see them. Yeah. If you died of COVID, you couldn't even take the body. Take the body, yeah. You know people's lives. You know for people's lives to end like that, right? And the lack of closure, you know. Yeah. This, you know, these are human beings. You know, it's like full lives. You know, like my life means something to me. And yeah. then to end in that way. No, and, and and that every life it didn't just mean something to them. It meant something to maybe like the. Thirty, forty people around that were around them that loved them, yeah. cared about them. Couldn't even say goodbye, in a, right? Yeah, in, in, a, could, in like, a full way. And so much of like feeling good and staying alive is also being loved and being cared for and feeling like living. And mm-hmm. how, how like that will to live would slowly deteriorate if you're just sitting by yourself in the hospital room, like. Yeah. And I can't even imagine with COVID like what it would have been like to be in the room because yeah. so many people like I saw some videos like. Uh, on in Facebook at that time, and they're just like all in this huge room, and somebody's dying, and they're performing CPR, and everybody's just watching. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And because like even when you die, right, it's another like life process, right? Yeah. And you need to be just like how you need help transitioning from childhood to like your teenage years. Mm-hmm. You need time to pro um amalgamate or process or integrate, right? Yeah. 
that also is a, 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 a phase in your life where you need help transitioning to you. Yeah. Everyone needs help dying. Yeah. That's why, you know, even in like Christianity, we talk about like how uh, there's dignity in death, mm. right? Giving people a good death. That's why Mother Teresa was so famous. She didn't save anyone, right? Yeah. But she was just helping people, like taking them off the streets. Palliative care, palliative correct. Care. Yeah. Just letting them die in, with dignity and with yeah. peace, right? And if you're like isolated and you, you know you don't even have your family members to come and tell you, you know, we love you, we can yeah. let go, it's fine, we're going to be okay. If you can't even like hear that, it, it, and I'm also assuming you're thinking about like what's going on in the world with COVID and everything, right? It would have been like, I don't know. Yeah, we, we, on, on the Woke Up show, we did an episode that was about loss during COVID. And mm. one of it was with my good friend. And her dad had passed, not of COVID. Mm. And he had passed just like a few days into the first lockdown. Mm. And the other person was Tamina Khashoggi. She's like a, a Bernama presenter. But she was very vocal about her mom passing from COVID. Mm. And just hearing both of them, because it's a different experience, like, my friend, she got to say goodbye. She got to see her dad. She got to say goodbye. Not that it made it any easier. Of course, of course. it was fucking horrible. But with Tamina, she was just like, she just, they just brought the body for her to identify it. Yeah. And then that was it. Then she didn't see her mom again. And she was like, there's so many, there was like so many questions because it's not just that this person died because they were sick. If this person died because of a global <coughs> pandemic and if they had vaccines and maybe somebody had stayed home and this and that there's so many questions there's so much anger yeah regret regret even um, for uh, also okay this you know I'm putting a disclaimer here anyone struggling with any mental health issues trigger please warning. trigger warning find the help all that right <laughs> <laughs> don't suffer in uh, silence if we had sponsors insert better help <laughs> better help better help <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect word for uh, perfect sponsorship. Sp- sponsorship. <laughs> Befrienders. <laughs> but yeah, even like the suicides during COVID. Yeah. There's so many. It was yeah. insane, right? Um, like moms, you know, and and dads, you know, uh, there was the somewhere nearby here there was the father who had left a fifteen year old daughter. The mom had passed away of COVID, I think. And the dad just like jumped. Right? And then left the fifteen year old daughter, right? So many, so many that you know, yeah. there was people hanging themselves from the freaking uh, uh, the highway uh, buses, right? Yeah. It was like insane. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, what could we have done? Like, yeah. You know, that I think that like, as much as like I criticize our government in so many ways, and I do think that like, the musical chairs of Prime Minister <laughs> did not help, yeah. that like, I don't know what could have been done better for the mental health of the people. Yeah, that's why I have to say, I'm not going to say names, but the politicians who used COVID as a means to keep power, it's so egregious. It's, ugly. it's disgusting. It's so egregious. You are like trying to profit off the pain of so many and, and people. And like, how can you look at yourself in the mirror like I, after that? Like, I would just like, like if, yeah, I just... Self-delusion lah, self-delusion. I mean, but you know, what goes around comes around. Like everybody will pay for... I wish we had just that. one person to come up and say, look, uh, I feel like I would do the best but for the sake of the country because we're having COVID I will give I give away whatever I stake yeah. I have and no I said like I give away my right or my stake to this position the Prime Minister yeah. or whatever I give it to this person because that's what's good for the country I wish at yeah. least one person had said that or even like indicated that 
But yeah. everything was like, no, I'm the best to do this yeah. thing. And I feel like everything had like underhanded money deals. Yeah. Like nothing was clean. I mean, I know that no country is clean. Yeah. Like our country is just a bit more blatant. <laughs> but like even now, like they're doing the investigation about like a, like an insanely large amount of money that was put aside for COVID that was like disappeared into thin air. And like mm-hmm. that kind of money maybe could have prevented people from committing suicide if you had like paid a bunch of like therapists to like do online therapy for free something like that you know might not have saved everybody but it could have at least helped yeah for sure for sure or even like the you know like the economic help so many small businesses it was the poor right that suffered the most right or the middle income the I think I think the people who are unable to transition to the same finance like earning the same amount online online yeah like I mean BFM had that famous segment of the nail polish uh, the nail uh, saloons Mm. because they can't how do you do how do you convert that to online right so a lot of them had their savings were wiped out right and even like I I assume this will you know like your cobblers you know those yeah. cutting hair, no things that you cannot. These are because of the things that are the first thing that you would take away when you like don't have enough money. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm gonna stop doing my nails if my budget's a little tighter because those are the little luxuries that we have. And I think even post COVID, like people are not doing those things as much. Mm. Do you ever like get like this? I mean, how do you navigate? Like I have a lot of friends who just like okay, I'm leaving the country. Yeah, I'm giving up. Yeah, giving up for Malaysia. Malaysia, yeah. Or even they have anger or hatred towards Malaysia, yeah. right? And I just want is that like your case? Do, or do you? So how do Absolutely you navigate? Not. How do you it's navigate? It's so funny. Somebody literally just said to me yesterday, like, actually, you're literally the only person who loves Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I do because I think that, like, I so I uh, when I was a kid, like me, my family, we like lived in Sydney for mm. just less than a year, and then we lived in Vancouver for two years. And then we were back in Malaysia, and then I moved to New York for my uh, degree. So I was there for three years. So I've kind of seen like all these like white countries, and like lived there and spent time there. And when I left New York, I left on my own choice. Like I had a year to get a job, and then I was like, mm, I'm done. And I oh wow! Right. Yeah, but I I did I was so I feel like I didn't realize I was so <laughs> optimistic and young that I thought at the end of uni I could just get whatever job I wanted. Like it'd be so easy and. I was out for this job at the World Bank and I got the job and so I was like so ready to move to Washington DC and my life is going to change and then the next day they emailed me and they said hey I'm sorry we can't offer you the job anymore because the person who was supposed to leave they're not leaving and I was really heartbroken and I was like why am I what am I trying to stay here for like what's the fucking point so then I came back right and when I came back like it obviously took me time to kind of settle in here and get a job and all of that but it just I just came to realize like there is like no better or worse. Like Malaysia is my home. I don't have to think about my visa. I don't have to think about any of those things. My parents are here. My grandparents are here. And also as a country, like yeah, we have a long way to go. I'm I'm not like like I'm privileged in certain ways, but I'm not like the majority race here. Like I'm not like getting a lot of benefits. But like this US, like they have a gun problem and they have terrible healthcare and like. You know, all these other countries, like, they're not better. They're just different. Their problems are just different. I just think that we have this perception in Malaysia and in a lot of Asia that, like, we always sit down on our own country and then, like, the West is better. But it isn't. Like, it just isn't. Like, I get that. Like, I lived in New York. Like, I get I get the vibe. I get that it feels like the center of the world. And it is for certain things. But 
if we don't cultivate that in our own country, like it's never gonna grow. Like it's never gonna if we like all of us say like, oh, we're never gonna make it as podcasters in Malaysia. Maybe we should go and like we should just market to an American audience. Like we're not, we're never gonna build it here in our country. I think like if all of us young people give up on it, like mm. what's gonna happen? Mm. And I, I love Malaysia. I think it's so amazing in so many ways and so fucking shit in so many ways but I, I, I love it all and I'm just not ready to hate it yet I'm just not mm-hmm. yeah yeah I was talking to a client yesterday so he was telling me I mean he's a little bit more older he's already 70 mm. so but in the 19 I guess 80s he studied in Taiwan he was like mm. a, he was from Johor it's a ping pong uh, oh, wow. tennis player yeah so he went to Taiwan studied there and he met his now wife at Taiwan, which is Taiwanese. But I think he said like he just knew that he wanted to come back to Malaysia. He could have stayed in Taiwan. A lot of his friends did. And a lot of Taiwanese that he was studying with, they were moving to the US. Yeah. But he just always knew that Malaysia is his place. Yeah. He knew that. He, he felt like, in, I guess in the table tennis sense, he had a home court advantage in Malaysia. Yeah. Like Taiwan would never be his country. America would never be his country. Yeah. He would always be a foreigner and outsider. Yeah. But in Malaysia, he had connections, new people, and he's a very wealthy man today. Mm. And he and I think he has no regrets. Yeah. Right? And even like the ones who have gone abroad, um, the f- I think he was saying like something like the family unit is not really strong there. So it's very common like for his friends or in the US, their kids will like, migrate to like a different country mm. or you know, or go or would go in the US and they would go to a different state. state. Yeah. And so there's a lot of distance, right? But here all his kids are near him, right? Yeah. They're not staying in the same house, but they're all nearby. Yeah. So like he takes his grandkids, he spends every Sunday with his grandchildren. Yeah. So there's still that Asian kind of like, you know, we're a community, we're a yeah. family, right? And I yeah. think yeah. I took a class when I was in uni because I studied uh, sociology and International Humanitarian Affairs. What a But I took this class as well, humanitarian aid. So, because I had this whole perception that I wanted to go and like, do humanitarian aid after uni for two years. Uh, very quickly, then I realized I am not going to do that. Yeah. But I took this class, and so we watched this video, and the speaker came in and he spoke about how, like, there's all this notion of like people going to other countries to help them, or, you know, this was in the sense of aid. But like, you know, uh, Americans going to Africa to help African children and all of that. But he was like, why, what about your own country? What about the children in your own country? Like in like Flint, Michigan, like they didn't have clean water. I don't even think they have clean water now. Like, what about that? What about the people who like are still suffering from the after effects of Hurricane Katrina? What about that? And I was just like, oh yeah, like if I, then I I just made that decision. Like if I'm going to do... Because I, I was certain I wanted to work as in an NGO. If I'm going to do NGO work, I'm going to do it in Malaysia. Like, I want to do it for my people and my country. Like, why would I sit in the US and mm. help? Not that I don't think they deserve help, but Americans can do that. I'm going to do it for my own people. If not, who's going to do it? Yeah. So I think that that, like, just that idea can translate in, into every industry. And, yeah. and we are the best equipped to help Malaysia because we yeah. understand the cultural context. Yeah. Someone from the United States could come here and they could like throw a lot of money but whether that money will be utilised in the right way or whether it will be really productive, helpful, yeah. um, uh, whether it will be, yeah, there's continuity, all these different things you can't guarantee, right? Yeah. But if you have locals, they really know like the cultural context and what is, what would be the most sustainable. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. 
Um, yeah, and, and you have been doing. I mean, you have your book. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. So I mean, that's something I do. Like, so I started that in twenty. Uh, what do you say? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. So we just like I was actually working a corporate job. Left the corporate job. I can't do this. I think it's six or seven, six months I was there, and then I went to an advertising agency for one month. <laughs> I can't do this. I, I really got told off when I said I don't want to work anymore. And I was like, yeah, I deserve this. Okay, okay, okay. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start this project. So I, my parents have an NGO, and I'm really privileged to be able to like work for them. But I just told my mom, like, I was like, I want to start this project. Like, can we do it? She's like, okay, like, let's try. So I start, we started it. And I had a partner. I had there was a guy in Nigeria whose name is Tim. He helped me. Like we went and pitched for lots of corporates and everything. So in the first year, like the plan was ten thousand books, ten libraries. That's it. But we didn't even get a year into the project before the pandemic hit. So we just kind of paused everything. And then after when we could do things again, we just kept doing it here and there. <laughs> the wonky mic has gone. Is yeah, it? You and I just did. Clara, you want to help a bit? Okay, okay, no, okay, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. This mic it has a lot of attitude. You you have to conform to the mic. Yeah. The, the mic will not conform I, to I, you. I respect this. <laughs> <laughs> the mic has standards. But then so we just like it was just so so we just started doing a book project and then I also started using around the same time. So we were working on two things at once. But the book project really kind of went into the back like it's the back because like we consistently have people donating books mm-hmm. and we would just go and build libraries as they came to us. We would reach out like, hey, I know of this home, they need a library and so we go in and build the library. But then last year, I, so the corporate I worked for was actually Sunway and I have nothing bad to say about Sunway. It was just, I wanted something dynamic and it's a, it's a very traditional corporate company. Mm-hmm. And so when I left, I left on good terms. I told my boss, I was like, hey, I, I need more. I think you know that. And he was I'm like, going to yeah. keep this as a- on YouTube, up she bashes Sunway. <laughs> they know, they know, they, they know I love them. Do we go for those viral clips? Uh, you <laughs> just <laughs> really smartly edit yeah. like <laughs> Just cut out all the the all the, the nice disclaimers, all yeah. everything cut out. Just the salacious part, right? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I just left on good terms, and then last year they dropped me and they just messaged me and they were like hey we want to actually work with you guys we're turning 50 in 2024 oh, nice. and we want to build 50 libraries oh wow so now our project is wow okay props to <laughs> props to uh, Sunway yeah so our project has been fully funded now oh, that's 50 fantastic. libraries up until 2024 so that was just like it's just like magic now so we can go all over Malaysia oh, wow. we can build libraries and we have money so the libraries can be really nice and if you run out of books, we can actually buy new books. So that's been amazing, and like doing that kind of work, like it just really like fills your heart. Like it's shout so out, fulfilling. Shout out to Sunway. Yeah, yeah, bless you. <laughs> good job, good yeah. job. It's like you were even talking about like how you are privileged to be in a position to like you because of your parents, or yeah. whatever, right? But how many rich? I'm uh, not rich. Sorry, I'm not saying you're rich, <laughs> but how many people who have money to do something yeah. are not doing anything, right? They're just you know. Saving for their Bugattis and yeah. <laughs> um, you know the clubbing. Yeah, I can still drive a <laughs> Yeah, you can. You can of <laughs> but I mean, like you know, how many people are like actually like doing, doing yeah. something? You know, so that's props to you as well. I mean, it's also like even though like uh, thank you so much, but it's also like it's so fulfilling. Like mm-hmm. that, like I feel pri- like I feel lucky to do it. Like every time we go and build a library, it just feels like your heart just feels so full. Like mm-hmm. I, like I almost can't believe that 
I this is like part of my job nice. that I can do that like yeah. so that it's really nice it's, and sometimes we go to like hospitals and like the pediatric ward that, that one I was sitting in my car and cry afterwards <laughs> so I cannot take it oh no <laughs> Oh, no. oh yeah, but it's it's lovely. Like and and I just like one thing that always gives me a bit of hope is like Malaysians are like so generous. Mm. Like every time we like we were just at the Big Bad Wolf sale, so we had a booth there, mm. and we raised like eight thousand books. Oh wow! Yeah, and we did it a couple of years ago. And we got thirteen thousand books. Like nice. and every time we're like we put on our Instagram or Facebook, like hey guys, we run out of books. We need books, or we like we really need shelves. Our office we flooded. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's great, lah. That's yeah. good. I like the flow of this conversation. How we went like downer, and now we've got the inspiring. Yeah, the coming look up. at us. <laughs> <laughs> you also have uh, your your you have a few projects. You have the workup show. You also have the juicy mixtape, right? Yeah. So maybe you can talk a little bit about. Yeah. So like I think with Yuzu, like when we started, we're just trying to find our like footing, yeah. and that's why we start, we we have the workup show, and we have do all our like news posts and infographics. And then I just wanted to do something different, and I wanted to kind of get it like see the Malaysian music scene a little bit more because I love music, and uh, I just this was just a random idea. I was sitting in a meeting, I was like, "Let's do a music show, let's do a music show," and then it's just a lot of work and it's a lot of money with, without anything coming back yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. It's also similar to what you were saying just now about you know how um, we have to do something on our own and build yeah. something on our own. And you look at like America, for example. You look at the hip hop community, right? You look at rap. Mm. When those like OG guys who first started it, it wasn't like a money making thing. Yeah. It was really Passion. just something that they liked to yeah. do. There was no prospect. Even comedians, right? There was no prospect. Yeah. But because they were so good at what they did, because they were so passionate, they built a, a following. Yeah. And then people built off those followers, yeah. and then it becomes a bigger thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So like Malaysia, I mean, they always say Malaysia has no culture, no culture. They always say this, you know, this like a general general yeah. sentiment. But people have to build the culture. We yeah. build the culture together, right? Yeah. Through podcasting, through different mediums, and yeah. you have to do it. Like you won't see any money in the beginning, lah. No, you, you know, won't. Yeah. and you just have to do it because you love it. You love it, yeah. So the concept of the show was that we would like reach out to some local artists and. We'd ask them to create a mixtape of ten songs, any songs they want, and mm-hmm. we'd ask them to include a couple of their own songs to promote it. And then they come on the, our show, and I would just ask them about their process and about the mixtape, and so people can listen mm-hmm. to the mix on Spotify and they can watch the interview, and it's really short. Mm-hmm. But it'll just be a really stylized sort of interview. Yeah. Wanted to feel like I'm sitting there with the camcorder and I'm talking to a friend. Yeah. And so that was really fun. Like, I just love the process of producing shows because it's not just like about you know conducting the interview and getting the guests but like creating the set creating the vibe all of that choosing the music that you use for the promos you know all those little things they just it's just so fun mm-hmm. and like Malaysian artists are fucking cool they were like Kyoto Protocol just came out yeah. and I was when I messaged them I was like when they walked in I was like I'm trying to act cool right yeah, now yeah, guys yeah. I cannot believe yeah, yeah. you guys are here yeah, yeah. so it's been really nice I mean you you're definitely like an indie Podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think we we see you. I think Yamcha Sessions, myself, you, uh, maybe renegade some of your shows. Uh, what else? Uh, um, let's get it. You know, all we, we seek to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think we all are like in this kind of similar community. Yeah. But definitely, you're the most legit, lah, in terms of <laughs> style, aesthetic, uh, production value. Right? I'm not just doing it as a. It's not just like a one show for me. It's mm. like we are Yuzu is this year we're 
going to be a production house. We're mm. going to do jobs. So that this is all like our like our branding as well nice. and our show reel to show that this is what we can yeah, do. Yeah, right, right, right. So this is your portfolio, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's really really cool. I I was uh, privileged to be a guest. On oh your yes, that was fun. <laughs> So we, for those who didn't listen to it, uh, at the tail end of literally at the forty-five minute <laughs> mark, or something we started like that. talking about abortion, and because Jen, I, I am a, pro, uh, a pro-life, uh, I guess I mean I consider myself pro-life and a pro-life woman. So then we started having this conversation. It was such a heavy conversation yeah. for the end of. Yeah, the- and and also that I just like I literally simply said it. Like, yeah, 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 like, it was a throw. Thought, thought about it. Like done some research. No, yeah. I just like let's just talk about it. <laughs> so, but what- I think it was good. It was nice to also have it that kind of conversation be very candid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for me. Uh, I mean, we don't have to talk about this, but I think if, when, if you want to hear us talk about it, yeah, you can go. Sure. Yeah, but I, I just think that when it comes to abortion, I do feel personally that there is sort of a misrepresentation of like why people believe what they believe. Yeah. I think a lot of times we just reduce people who are against abortions as they are religious, like fanatics or, or not, conservatives. or conservatives, yeah. but. That there's actually a strong like ethical grounding yeah. to pro life movement. That's why you have famous atheists mm. like um, what is it, Christopher Hitchens, people like this who are also like uh, see the complexity of the situation and would maybe mm. even consider themselves pro life, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's why I'm all for like trying to. It is scary, you know, because there I have a lot of friends who are like pro choice, mm. and this is such a visceral topic for a lot of people, and rightly so. But at the same time, I do believe like I still need to. Be open and honest and public because otherwise, how are we going to have these conversations? Yeah. Because then you're just shadow boxing, you know. Yeah. And and also, you're like, if I think the i idea of consistently having these conversations with people that agree with you is echo chamber. It's like pointless. Like I can sit and talk to my friends, and we're all pro-choice, so it's like the conversation's not going to go anywhere. It's not. We're not going to learn anything, anything new, and we're not maybe going to evolve our own views on both ends yeah. versus like speaking to somebody who is pro-life. And even like just sort of like it's the same thing like I guess with America when we talk about the Trump supporter, yeah, right? and we just paint them as like redneck dumb, yeah, you know, dumb guys, whatever, and that isolates them more, yeah, and push pushes them further yeah. away, right? Yeah, and I think it's also like it's important to just cultivate that like culture of openness mm. because like. We were talking about this uh, on the show. We did an episode with first-time voters, and it was like these two of the interns who had been on Yuzu before, mm. and they were saying we were all saying actually, how we didn't know anybody who voted for Perikatan mm. or who voted for Pass. Like we didn't know anybody, but maybe we just also didn't create a space to talk to. Like even maybe our friends did, or maybe people that we were not close friends with, but our acquaintances did. But we didn't. Speak about it. Speak about it enough to have a representative understanding of the people in Malaysia. Mm. It's clearly yeah, so sure. many people voted for that. I mean, it's also a representation of our own circles. That yeah. our circles are boxed in, right? Yeah. I, because again, like coming back to what we spoke about just now, you want to make a change, right? You have to do something. So, like, like a lot of Malaysians, you know, they just decide to jump out. But if you really want to change this country, change the society, 
you have to like engage right engage with the culture so we have to be talking to how many non malays are talking to malay people yeah right how you know how and how like doing so openly and not afraid yeah yeah like i had a i have a lot of malay friends from high school uh my high school is a weird kind of like bermuda triangle uh mix of people uh, you know it's really random but i met a lot of uh, malays who are uh how do i say this culturally very progressive but they are very religious at the same time mm. so it's a very interesting group of people yeah. so but every year i would have a christmas party i would call call them over because this is more to keep in touch more than anything else but now a lot of them have kids like we are like in the group now we have maybe about 4 3 3 4 kids four kids mm. five kids sorry wow so this year especially i was so determined to like i mean last year sorry to have like a christmas party have all the kids over because i want to also be open to how do i say this i want them to be to understand my culture mm. so like when they came over i got all the kids gifts you know of course i i also did this because these are my close friends children but a part of it is also i want you to be a part of my culture yeah i want you to understand what christmas means for me yeah. as well you know so that you also will understand not be afraid of it when you grow up yeah. because sometimes we just have these perceptions of what things are right yeah. that people like christians are in houses with holy water trying to like <laughs> you know convert everybody and everything is about like bringing yeah. down stuff which is not true right yeah. most people just it's community it's family it's faith yeah, it's yeah. all these different things right so that's why i so even for me i'm also trying to i mean i've always tried to also have like uh, people in my social media that have differing views like liberals left mm. marxists whatever but i do admit it is triggering sometimes because sometimes you see the person you're like ah oh, no this is yeah. so wrong right but uh but it's i think it's necessary lah right yeah i mean like that's i mean same like that's like even on my social media like when i see like somebody posts like andrew tate and like, I'm, like, really i'm like mm, why? like why <laughs> even uh, what's his name ryan from let's say it's like text me a clip from andrew tate i'm like why are you sending this to me am i the target audience for this he's like don't you think he has a voice i was like i'm not gonna watch this <laughs> that's so funny so so funny And Rutin is another another conversation out there. I I think I want to talk about that. But okay, before that, how was the reception to my episode? It was good. It yeah. Was, I feel like a lot of people were like, "It's nice to see you talk to someone who's a little bit different than you." Right. So that it was all really good. I mean, so of course, there's some trolls. Uh, like, you know, the pro pro life, pro choice reel. We posted yeah. it. Like then I went on our TikTok and it was like some comments are like unapproved. And I <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I feel like the the reception was good. Like okay. nobody had anything, right? I think the way we both spoke in it was just very civil. Like I didn't yeah, feel like respectful. kissed or anything afterwards. Like it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I also brought the nuts too. Like yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> to, good. To to make sure. Yeah, there's like one picture of me they took out that I'm just like stuffing my face <laughs> with the donut. I was like, geez, guys. But even for me to come on your podcast as so well, even like other podcasters who knew or people who knew who follow your, yeah. they were like, "Are you sure, sure?" You know, like you know yeah. that kind of thing, right? So it's like so funny. We're just like a small uh, community. Like, why do we yeah. need to, you know? And I think that. also like on my end, like naming the show the World Cup show. <laughs> There's a perception. <laughs> There's a perception. I guess somebody was like, saying like, "Oh, when I was telling the girls in the office, like, oh, you were talking about work stuff." I was like, hmm, "I clearly branded myself as that person." So. Oh man. So, okay, I think maybe we can talk about this as well which will be interesting. 
I guess I would ne- I would not call myself woke because the, it come it's a charge where it comes with a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Like woke can also be like you know like we say like super radical feminists, yeah. uh, or, or you know it could be even like uh, uh, anti men yeah. uh, groups uh, would consider themselves woke. Yeah. It's the same thing way with like feminists. I think some people don't like call themselves feminists because the word is so charged with a lot yeah. of different things, right? But if and I just wonder what you mean by woke, and yeah, what what do you mean by woke? I think that like when, as the title of the show, it's play on the morning show. It's a play on that whole vibe. But in terms of being woke itself, for me, it's like the conversation we had, I felt like that was a whole conversation. Mm. Because I shared my views, you shared yours, I learned more about you, maybe you learned a bit more about me, and we did so in a way that was respectful. It's just like, I, I would, at the beginning of the show, I always say that we're, none of us are actually truly woke. Like, you can't be woke on everything. Like, maybe I can be woke on being, like, a uh, Indian woman somewhat in Malaysia. I can be woke on that, because that, that is something I know. But I would not be woke on the experience, like, like being black in America, like, I I don't I wouldn't know that, mm. and so like I think the pursuit of like wokeness is just the pursuit of like further knowledge and understanding people. I think that there's a way to be woke and not like um, alienate people, which mm. I think that the far every like far left, far, far right, right mm. all those movements alienate everybody, and that's why everything is so polarized these days. And I think. What I'm trying to do is find that middle ground. Yeah. Because like, I was like, the woke up show isn't like, even though we should chat about everything, it's not like a cheeky girls show or like a comedy show. Like it isn't that we are we are topical. We talk about different things, and we try to we never we never come to full conclusions. We just come to hopefully a deeper understanding. And you you don't only talk about like woke topics yeah. per se, right? Like you said, you were talking about. People affected by COVID. COVID. Like, we talk about dance. We mm. talked about like to one of the fashion designers in Malaysia. Like you know, lots of different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about Andrew okay. Tate? I have watched a few of his videos. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I don't. I don't personally like him. I'm mm. not a big fan of the alpha male mm. rhetoric because I just think that innately like. Why do we need to have like one alpha male? Like we are so past that animal. Like you know, it's such a basic human, a uh, basic animal. Actually, and we have a lot of um, we have a lot of misunderstandings about what an alpha male. What an alpha male is, is and I think yeah. that what I would see as an alpha male is different than maybe what you'd see. It's all very subjective. I think with Andrew Tate, like he's not all wrong in everything he says, mm. but I think that like the perception of him as like an idol like why are you choosing him there are other people who say what he says who haven't been accused of rape and sexual sex trafficking and don't say that i i I proudly speak about raping women and violence against women and even like um i watched a clip on uh let's get it yesterday and they were talking about andrew tate they were just talking about how like he this one where he said like um how if he, if they're gonna go out and this girl wants to like, take a picture in front of this like in a dodgy place the guy gets to say no we don't go because if something bad happens he's gonna get to def- he has to defend it that is one of his biggest like things right yeah. and I think that can be put in just a different way instead of like 
as a woman, you should listen to me. Mm. As a woman, if I tell you to make two cups of coffee, you have to make that. <laughs> yeah. Because I will risk my life for you. What does me making a cup of coffee to throw away have to do with you like saving me? Like I hate food wastage. Don't waste the coffee. But so I feel like he he like the thing is like there could be a point in, in some of the things he said yeah. but it's lost by that whole machismo the rudeness the you know anti the, not anti woman but the disrespect the disrespect, the disrespect. exactly and the, the double standards as well yeah yeah so I'm definitely not a, uh, I, I'm a fan of everything in the sense that I think he's funny yeah but I don't think he's like a, 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 he's a what is this a well of wisdom you yeah know? Uh, I feel like again Actually, this is funny because I actually spoke about this in the last two episodes, so I'm repeating this at the time. But never mind, I keep refining it at every step. This is <laughs> my this is my view on this whole thing. Is actually this issue of masculinity. I think there really is a crisis of masculinity because if you look, if you actually research, because I do like sometimes sessions for like men, mm. like uh, secular or also in church. Okay. So like I I sometimes try and just you know read up about these things, and if you look at different metrics, actually guys are struggling a lot. Yeah. Highest suicides, yeah. men, yeah. right? Uh, education, men across the board are dropping out. Uh, you look at prisons, you 98, 99% men. Yeah. Uh, you look at even certain things like the most like dangerous jobs in the world, right? Uh, so the most number of like work-related uh, accidents, incidents, men. men. Even sperm count in the past 30 years uh, have gone up by like 50% across the mm-hmm. different countries. There is a crisis of masculinity. Men are struggling. Women struggle as well. And they have... Okay. Ah, okay, I, 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 I've not refined this properly. Let me start before that, okay? I think men and women are different. Yeah. So men and women have different experiences. Yeah. And they also have different struggles that are in, in a lot of ways common, but in some ways uh, different. Yeah. Um, like for example, most men and women are you know, generally of the same temperament. But if you look at the most violent people in the world, they're going to be men. Mm. This is maybe biological and also maybe uh, societal. Mm. Maybe a mix of the two, right? Yeah. But my point is, sometimes at the extremes especially, there's completely different sets of experiences. Mm. We are also valued differently. Women are valued for beauty. Yeah. Wrongly, yeah. right? Men are valued for their output. Yeah. Wrongly. Yeah. So, the... So, uh, just as how I think like we are right in addressing all these issues that women struggle with like workplace and all of these things, I think we've lost sight that men are also struggling with a lot of things. I think we generally tend to put down men's experiences. And so, what has happened because of this, uh, there is a gap with how men are developed and there's been two responses to this gap. One is, everything is, the problem is manhood in itself. Masculinity in itself is rotten. Patriarchal, everything flows from patriarchy. So that's why everything is wrong. So if men are, the high rate of suicide, it's because of the patriarchy. Mm. If um, men are going through all these things, it's because of the patriarchy, right? And so what is the solution? We feminize men. We try and say there's no difference between men and women or whatever, right? That's one approach. The other approach, which is the end approach, is they go hyper-masculine. Which is to a, and they define men as output, which is horrible. Yeah. You're only good as a man It's like doubling down If you're rich If you have You sleep with as many women as you can uh, If you have all these things of status and fame Then you're, uh, you're, you're a man If not, you're a loser Which is so stupid 
it's these like I think sweeping statements and generalizations and it's like furthering a binary yeah. that like it's not that everybody has to be like gender has to be totally fluid between like in the way we express it but I think like like what you said is true that men and women are different yeah. but I think the problem is that like the at this like where like women were so long like you know disadvantaged in comparison to men but maybe now that it's become slightly more equal that there's still this like no we have it worse no we have it worse no we have it worse no we have to make the money no but we 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 we've had to be we've we've suffered so much mentally because of the valuation of us and like all of that that it can kind of like coexist if we all have problems i think that's what we have to say yeah. i think we have to say that men have legit problems women have legit problems and let's deal with it but so Andrew Tate says a lot of things that are correct in that he maybe um has he put his put his finger on the pulse very well and he points out all these things that are true and he gives advice that it will be helpful to anyone like he says first thing is go exercise of course that's going to be helpful yeah. there's dopamine hits you're going to feel better you're going to feel more confident but then he says like he doesn't believe in uh depression he doesn't yeah. believe in uh, medication. There's some people what, obviously what, like, need the medication. The thing he said about depression is that like, oh, it's like your body's natural response to you needing change, which I don't think is necessarily a wrong thing because I, I was reading somewhere that like they spoke about depression and it's how like you innately are one way, mm-hmm. but you are trying to be something else. Mm-hmm. And in that like difference causes mm-hmm. the depression yeah. and that you need to kind of align those things. But the way he put it, depression isn't real. Yeah. It's like, bro, it is real. Yeah. But maybe we can say like you could phrase it and give and just have a little bit more empathy. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I doubt that he's faced those feelings because I don't think you'd speak like that if you did. Yeah, and I it, to me, uh, all these guys in the manosphere. Uh, again, manosphere. I, 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 <laughs> no, it's a legit like yeah, all these guys like. No, but I think the manosphere is needed. We need we need men to like come out and guide younger guys, right, on how yeah. to move and how to live in this world, right. In fact, like a lot of like the incarceration rate, it is in America especially, it's like destroyed society because a lot of fathers are taken away from the home yeah. and put in prisons. And these boys grow up. Moms are great, you know. And but they, you need your dad. You need your dad, and the the yeah, you need that figure lah. Because if not. You try and raise yourself, or you are raised by other guys. You, everyone needs a male and female role model. If your yeah. mom and dad are not there, you are your uncle, your auntie, your grandmother, grandmother, or your friends around you. Yeah. So if you're going to, if it, there are going to be gangs around you, these are going to be your father figures, and you're going to grow up that way, right? Yeah. And so we, I think the problem with the manosphere is there are people like Andrew Tate. Well, again, I find very entertaining. I think very funny and all yeah. that. But I can appreciate him for that. But I think the in, indoctrination of the Andrew Tate religion or yeah. whatever, going into like boys who are 12, 13, 14 is not, like it's not okay. Like I don't think you should be at that age listening to this kind of guy because you will, a lot of it might be taken as fact when versus if you're in your 20-something, you already have kind of preset uh, values and standards then you hear it and you can make that decision yeah uh, okay before we go to that I just want to say like again we're coming to the manosphere the problem is I think Andrew Tate figures not only Andrew Tate like uh, Andrew Tate uh, what is it Fresh and Fit um, there's this different different guys like it sounds like they're teenage boys who have just go, uh, gone through a heartbreak yeah you it's, know it's like they oversimplify like 
Oh, F this girl. It's like they hate women. Yeah. You know, you just have to go to the gym, you get paid, and then you can put it in her face. You know, it's like... Yeah. So, sometimes relationships don't work out. Yeah. Sometimes life is just like that. Yeah. This is a deeper... You know, it's more mature. This is real. Right? Sometimes, uh, people are hurt, and they manifest their hurts in their life. It's not a, a reflection of you. Yeah. You know, and do you love yourself? Are, are you building yourself? Are you dealing with your stuff? All these are deeper conversations. It's more easier and superficial to just say, to use anger as a motivating tool. Anger is a very powerful motivating tool. Yeah. It can be very useful. But it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. And but I and what I think, and I just was listening to this podcast with uh, this writer, her name is Dolly Alderton, and mm. they were actually talking about Women's Day, and I feel like this can apply here. And this film, like, they were talking about, like, the mechanics of Women's Day and how some of this it's a bit ridiculous like if your boyfriend calls a picture of you oh happy women's day to the moon, like, like, okay boo thanks <laughs> you know and then you're talking about how this journalist has tweeted like I wish we could just have a day uh, a shut the fuck up men day or something like that and it's just a little and she was like you know it can that is something that can be just a joke it can just be something like that but when you say things like that it's isolating the people you need on your side because in order for a movement, for the feminist movement or for whatever you'd call this movement that Andrew Tate is, is like, you know, heading, mm. it's like in order to for a movement to be successful, you need allies and people from outside that movement to give it legitimacy. Even though I don't think that's fair, I think that like women saying that, hey, maybe don't rape us and don't kill us, like should be enough. Mm. But you need men on your side in order for the movement to... Yeah. be successful so when you speak in a way that isolates a whole a whole group of people that you need you're not helping you're only hurting your own cause yeah I mean like branches of fem- feminism that say that you know the feminist movement is not complete until you incorporate men into the movement yeah. every man has to be a feminist Yeah. so if you're doing a feminist movement that excludes men just as a woman's space fair enough but I don't think you're going to reach your, your you're, goal you know, and it's just not going to work because you need what is just like in Malaysia if we want true equality we cannot just have the minorities fighting for it we need everybody to yeah. fight for it and if you're not fighting for equality for men as just as well as you're fighting for equality for women because there are areas where that's what a true feminist is it's yeah. the equality of, of men and women yeah. and I think in, in the term of equalities we don't have to be the same mm. but we just have to be equal up. equal yeah, yeah I think that's that's legit I would follow that but I think like yeah, like you said like sometimes people go a bit and I get it because you're angry, angry. and you're hurt. Yeah. But that's the thing. Then you have men who also have the same response. And and he would never say he's hurt. Uh, he would never say, no, 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 no. He would never say he's hurt. Um, oh, God, I really don't like him. Like, he's just so aggressive. I'm like, what's so aggressive, bro? Like, chill. I think it's funny. I mean, I think sometimes that appeals to men. Like, you have to, you know, sometimes saying, telling people, I don't know whether this is the same for yeah. women in general, but for men, just telling them, dude, buck up. Get your shit together, right? Can be such a powerful statement. It can sometimes be comment like Jordan Peterson. Actually, another issue is like I think Jordan Peterson was such a good like role model for men, but he also got a lot of flack. But anyway, that, that's another conversation. But like Jordan Peterson, his famous first rule is like make your own bed. The most like commonsensical thing. But sometimes guys just need to hear that, right? And you need to explain a little bit, but you have to say like, dude, what are you doing? Grow up. And yeah. that can be such a powerful thing. No, because sometimes you just need someone to tell you, hey, stop being a fucking bitch and do whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's okay. Yeah. But I don't think going to someone with depression and who's like suicidal and being like, depression isn't real. Like, that's not, that's not going to help. No, I think like, Andrew Tate says a lot of things like, 
you know, men can sleep around but women can't. It's yeah. like ridiculous. It's so oh, like how, dumb. Like, the, like how every sexual partner with women is a devaluation of her. Yeah, it's like. dumb. It's so like teenage kind of boy kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I just like, I don't know. I just give, it's just giving insult. Like, I don't yeah. know why, like his vibe just gives me that. Like, you just hate women. Some women really rejected you yeah. and then you just created this narrative that like, so then after that what people do is they'll post like videos of Edutain being like really nice or kind yeah, like that. Yeah. but like people can be nice and also be stupid at the same time of course of course he's <laughs> going to be nice to the female friends that he has yeah. or he has wives and he has daughters yeah, and all of that of right? Course. but it's like it's but so silly it's like it's not about that it's not about being nice to your mother and your sister mm. and your best friend or women you find attractive it's about being nice to everybody mm-hmm. so okay the only thing I'll push back on is like we were talking about uh Young boys being like sort of inculcated, inculcated or sort of being uh, uh, influenced, influenced uh, from a young age, yeah. right? Okay, so the only thing, and this was one of the reasons why he was, I don't think he got cancelled from everything. Yeah, he's not back on Twitter, but not on TikTok anymore. Right? Yeah, he could, I think when he really got cancelled, it was like the same way everyone cancelled him. I mean, from like all the social media sites, he couldn't even like, uh, even grab and like, you know, even his like car hailing uh, services were blocked. Wow. It was to that level. But so the reason, one of the reasons, is because he was perpetuating this uh, violence against women. Yeah. So, but the only thing I would say to that is, we allow young boys to play like Grand Theft Auto, which is extremely violent games. Mm. We allow boys to listen to music, look rap music. Yeah, pictures, all of that. And the content, right? Yeah. So my only thing is, I feel like that is a inconsistent. I feel a lot of people don't like Edutain, and they just use this as a reason to take him down. Uh, I think you don't come in the same uh, vibe uh, when you're dealing with all these other areas, right? Mm-hmm. So they give an example of like so many young girls are listening to like Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Cardi B pushes it on the parents, you know? So why aren't we saying that for Andrew Tate as Andrew well? Tate, yeah, so yeah. there is like some, I feel like inconsistency. I don't agree with Andrew Tate. I think Andrew Tate, mm-hmm. Andrew Tate should That's be engaged. But I think the cancellation of Andrew Tate, I... I guess maybe like instead of that, like instead of him not being available because you can't you just can't say that okay 13, 14, 15 year olds like you guys are going to be like away from this because just with music you can't do that it has to come mm-hmm. from the parents and just like giving your children like a good foundation that when they see things like this they can not just listen to it and think of it as truth yeah. and make that decision for themselves yeah that's why like even in church so we have sessions and we talk about Andrew Tate uh, mm-hmm. not only Andrew Tate but like Dan Gazarian uh, Liver King all these guys. Do you know? Do you know about Liver King? I don't think I'm targeted for these people. On these guys media. are so famous. I then designed at one time was like one of the like most followed people on Instagram. Uh, but this was like three. These are the original Andrew Tate stuff. Mm-hmm. Then then Buzarin is basically all about the you know seven eight uh, women and you know the rich lifestyle and you know so all these young boys were like following that. Yeah. And were big fans of that. Um, Liver King. By the then Buzarin has come out and he said he has a sex addiction and now he just like his toned down a lot his, some, some of his businesses went past as well Liver King he was like all about um, I know he called it the ancestry tenant so you know talking to all these guys about like eating like meat raw oh. liver uh, so like famous videos of like people guests coming over and then he has like a wooden plate yeah. of like raw meat and he'll be eating like you know like bull testicles and whatever oh just, gosh and it's all about you know like sleeping on a flat mat not on okay, a bed okay, all that, that okay, kind yeah. of stuff la. then he, and he's, he said he's natural he's super buff mm. 
then came out that he was buying every stero every enhancer that you can get he was buying he just blocked uh, i think about maybe november last year mm. so like all these guys like it's just like it's all ridiculous like. yeah. yeah so like in church we talk about all these guys and see like how like you know this sounds commonsensical mm. but let's talk about it deeper no, because clearly there are people who agree yeah but honestly if you sit down and just really talk about what they are saying yeah Okay, like Enrique talks about the Bugatti and he buys the 500,000 watches. You just ask a question. Do you think every person who's rich is happy? Yeah. The answer is going to be no. No, yeah. You know, they just put on this thing and it sounds so you know, yo, of course yeah, I'm rich I'll be happy, but no. There's so many rich people who are unhappy. There's so many rich people who have died of overdoses. So many famous people who have died yeah. of overdoses. Who have even taken Clear their lives. Clear that money does not equate to happiness. No, not at all. Yes, it equates to I think like us, like being like having your basic needs met. So like that level of happiness is met. But apart from that, like the deep, the yeah. deep happiness. I mean, you could you could even be like loved, right? And mm. uh, by your fame, you know, you look at like people like uh, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. Yeah. Uh, or even uh, uh, even recently that dancer Twitch did you know about oh yeah Twitch yeah the yeah. Ellen DeGeneres yeah. yeah beautiful dancer like mm. and you know fam- beautiful, beautiful family, family. Beautiful his family. little baby still has like diapers on mm. like it's just it's deeper than that yeah so it's not just and he was someone who was very fit as well and all of that I'm sure he's taking care of his health so I'm sure he had done everything that Andrew Tate would prescribe but he still there was an emptiness right mm. And so that's a separate conversation, you know. We need some people need therapy, some people need community uh, 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 friends who can journey with them, accountability partners. You know, it's people are complicated, lah. You know. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. I think we'll caption this: Malaysians talk about Andrew Tate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I can see like how he's really popular in Malaysia. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course. Like, Worldwide, yeah, and it's all these young boys. It's crazy. Yeah. There was one country he went to, like one of the European countries, and he was at his hotel. And he was coming out, and just like, what, hundred, two hundred guys, uh, what, top G, top G, top G. You know, all just chanting yeah. his name. I'm like, what the heck? So I tell, like, when I give such a talk, I tell everyone, I'm the real top G, top G mess. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's funny. But yeah, so yeah. just like, wow, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna go. I don't know what's happening with his trial. Is he free? Yeah. So uh, to all those listening, uh, next weekend we will be at the Romanian embassy. We will be protesting uh, free and routine. <laughs> oh, <that's okay. laughs> Come on, let's go. Oh, hell <laughs> we we signed free and routine. No way! I'm like keep him, keep him in jail, please. Or oh, you'll be in the counter protest. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. But yeah. I wonder if there's like a feminist equivalent of Andrew Tate, not that I know of. Mm. But you know one interesting fact that I read recently, mm. which about men and women, you can tell me if you agree with it or not. And they were talking about how like, um, there's just like, when women are unable to find uh, romantic partners or they're unable to, you know, get that, they turn inwards into their community. They turn to their family, they turn to their friends. But a lot of men, they become violent. And mm. I feel like, that is like the kind of person who would be interested, who would like feel like uh, validated by entertainment. Mm, of course. Okay, yeah, I, agree, I agree and disagree in, 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 in some way. I disagree in the sense that 
Of course, it's a generalization. Yeah, of course, yeah. Generalization, generalization. But okay, this is my own observation. Yeah. No research done or anything. But what I've noticed is when uh, let's talk about young people, lah. Young yeah. girl. When a young girl feels disconnected from society or she's going through a lot, she self-harms. Mm. When a young boy feels disconnected and goes through similar problems, he harms others. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's that's what I meant. Like, yeah. So yeah. I agree and disagree yeah, yeah. In, in in some way. That the the women go in and then men. Yeah, that's why you don't see any uh, white uh, shoot uh, female, female shooters. shooters. You see them yeah. only being as men. Yeah. But when it comes to like self harming, I know a lot of yeah. uh, girls who self harm. Yeah. Men guys know. And I just wonder where that 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 sort of the basis of that comes from. Yeah, it's a complicated thing. Again, I think with everything, that's there's a, a mix. Fifty-fifty nature, nature. Nature, yeah. Because uh, like biologically, we okay. Not even biologically, like personalities. Personalities are so distributed. Uh, among the sexes, right? So you have some personalities because they do like uh, big five like personality tests, or you know the MBTI and all the different tests, and they do it like across different countries, across different like cultures, and they notice that those personalities actually distribute to men and women differently, right? Mm. So you have certain personalities, like for example, I think I've spoken about this before on the podcast, but like certain personalities, like um, um, like for example, agreeableness. So this uh, feeling of or this disposition of like if you go into a negotiation room, you want both parties to go out with fifty fifty. That is higher among women. Mm. Not all women, of course. Even for me, I'm high on agreeableness. Yeah. So that I care a lot about the other person. I want the other person also to come be happy. Uh, but a lot of men don't have that. They they are more high on conscientiousness, mm. meaning they the goal is the most important thing. Mm. Getting the goal is the most important thing. So. Like maybe that also could feed into it, or even uh, neuroticism, uh, mm. which is this ability to feel negative emotions, is more uh, uh, distributed among women. And you can kind of understand why, because like women have babies, mm. and the ability to empathize with a baby is something that maybe is a little bit inbuilt, a little bit inbuilt. I mean, yeah, you literally grow it in your body. Yeah, yeah. And your baby can't communicate with you. Yeah. So yeah. how do you know what your baby needs, right? It's only with the ability to feel these yeah, different yeah. emotions, right? So that's why a lot of like women uh, are very, uh, but this is the, uh, I guess the nature part. But of course, there's a nature part as well. Mm. Of course, there's a societal element to it as well. But that's why even when it comes to like um, the the gender pay gap, mm. so it's that's why it's counterproductive, and we just say it's because of sexism. It's not only sexism. There, it's a multi um, faceted. Thing, right, so some things is also women generally just don't ask to get like pay raises mm. because they feel like uh, the boss will give when it's right or yeah. when it, if I deserve it, he will give it to me. Or how you'd be perceived if you do ask. Yeah, and or so whereas with men, they kind of like don't care, yeah. so they will just ask for a pay raise. This is all of course generalizing; yeah. it does not apply all yeah. across what. But you can even see in like Wikipedia, there's a gender gap in Wikipedia. It's all guys who do the Wikipedia like amendments really? and entries. Yeah, you can Google it. So, <laughs> so I'm, so people are trying to figure out. Never, I've never even occurred to me to think about who is yeah. this. Because <laughs> I like to read about these yeah. kind of things, right? So like they were like trying to figure out why there's Wikipedia because Wikipedia is neutral. Any there's no, there's no, there's no. What is that? There's no guys that can stop women from and you know like doing yeah. entries or whatever. So, but there are some things like for example, men are just. Less afraid of being wrong, whereas women are more concerned about generally, yeah, more concerned about if I type this, is this correct or not? Am I going to make a mistake or not? Whereas men are a bit stupid; they just like whatever, you know. 
So these kind of things, it's very nuanced. And of course, there's a societal discussion to be had as well. Yeah. So it's interesting, ma. Yeah, I mean, this, this it, it like pulled up into such a macro, like, societal... You can look at it in individual sense, yeah. you can look at it in a macro sense, and there's just so many different things. So that's why I think, like, just like we're talking about everyday, oversimplification don't really help. No. Yeah. It's in both sense, oversimplifications, overgeneralizations, all of its sweeping statements, they mm-hmm. like, they apply, but not really, but like, mm-hmm. just have to be careful with those things. Though. Yeah. Um, what is this? I want to say, uh, how do you feel about the podcast mobilization? Do you think, do you see potential? Of course. Yeah. Of course. If I didn't, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> of course. I think that it's growing. I think that it's wonderful. Like, I think that there's so much space for everybody and like, the more that come, the better. And like, I think it's good that the podcast is so different. Like, Rumaroy is so different from Yamcha. It's so different from the Woke Up show. And it's like, mm. so different from Seek to Speak. Or even I started listening to this one recently called Mental Pacha. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Like, oh, yeah. it's so, so good. It's with Anwar Hadi and Muzakir. I don't know what his last name is, but he, they're... I don't think Anwar Hadi is an actor right. and Muzakir is a comedian who's so funny and like they're on Spotify so there's just like I think there's just so much more pod- podcasting that even I know right. in Malaysia it's a Malay podcast or it's in English but English, yeah okay. and they just like talk about Malaysia it's so funny like I saw Muzakir perform randomly at a comedy show nobody laughed the entire show nobody <laughs> laughed <laughs> only me and my friend were the only ones laughing and I low-key love those shows <laughs> secondhand embarrassment like because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love comedy and so like when you see them like be terribly unfunny they bomb la. <laughs> they all bomb um, but he came on and he crushed it like we were dying laughing and then I followed him on Instagram and then I saw that he had the podcast but when I was listening to it and I was like in my car and I had a COVID test in my car that I thought was negative and so I'm like listening to these guys and then I look over and I see my COVID test is actually positive oh, yeah. and I just have their voices in my head <laughs> like I have COVID mm. um, but they're so good and I just think that like the content is amazing it's localized and it's intelligent even like I was like wow two guys speaking about Sajad and they made jokes and everything was respectful like and funny and truly funny like I genuinely crack up laughing when I watch it and so I have a very hopeful sense I think that like people just like the people as a way to market yet mm-hmm. I think it's coming mm-hmm. and I hope maybe in the next two three years we will really see it like burst mm-hmm. but it's gonna burst like this I think that there this is they were saying like in like two or three years like the podcast industry will be worth like billions Malaysia? In the world. Oh, okay. I was so excited. Uh-huh. That would be nice. I would get a, this was, I'll, I'll take millions. I'm you know? waiting for, I would take 1% of Joe Rogan's deal on Spotify. 1% would be more. I would be more. Million, right? Yeah, 100 million. Even uh, the, the, the second to his is. Um, that, oh, that, Call Her Daddy? Call Her Daddy, right? Call Her Daddy as well as I think 60 million or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but I always find it so interesting. Yeah, contrast between Joe Call Rogan Daddy. and Call Her Daddy, first and second. I just find it yeah. so. It's kind of like also very reflective of our times, uh, you know. <laughs> Don't you think our whole conversation about his masculinity, femininity, the two top yeah. podcasts, right? Yeah. The Joe Rogan experience the most. He's, you know, masculine, masculine. But he's not. I feel like even though 
like I like Shinner Joe Rogan. I don't really hate him. Like he's I like He's okay. I mean yeah. he cries on his podcast and, he, and everything. Yeah, and he also like um I think that he's in that like hippie but somehow masked. Like you said he's he exists in a very interesting like He's everywhere. La. Yeah, he's he, everywhere. He appeals to both conservative and liberals. He yeah. appeals to liberals because he's like for like legalizing drugs and yeah. experimenting psychedelics and all the normal like you know free love and yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff right but it's conservative in the sense that hunting free yeah. speech uh, yeah. um, non-cancellation yeah. uh, maybe a bit pro-police you know these kind of things like military yeah. guns and yeah. all that like. yeah. so he kind of like kind of like switches between the two yeah he is a, he's an enigma <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 how about you what about you think of the podcast scene here um I think, like I think, like what we were talking about just now, you have to really love to do it, lah. Yeah. If you are looking for, like, I think some people start and they expect like thousands of like listens of views when they first start. It's not gonna come that fast. Looking for a lot of money is not gonna come fast. You know, it's gonna take time. It's I think. A lot of time. Yeah, and you have to build up a following slowly. The organic reach is the best, lah. Like peer to peer recommendations and all that, yeah. right? But uh, what I've noticed because I've I've been recorded. I think about 50 episodes now and um, so and that's been a span of with my hiatus and everything it's been a span of like, I think 2 years plus uh, uh, a lot of people start out but they stop very quick because of the disillusionment right yeah so that's the thing like, I think people have to set like yeah. oh like this night is like two goals for the year right? oh yeah resolution <laughs> since this is like our first 23 episode so like my podcast resolution I, I I used to struggle with this a lot because I had like uh, friends who told me like you need to set real expectations, not just uh, like a million views. You know, you, you need to like set something like you can reach and it has to be achievable yeah. and all that, right? Hey, you could get a million views. I could get a million. I put it out there. I put it out there. Actually, my first WhatsApp group for this podcast was hundred million. Hundred million. <laughs> million. Because I want to get a hundred million for uh, Spotify here. But anyway, we manifest that. Uh, yeah, but I think I realized that. After taking a break, I kind of was able to like really get my goal. So my goal is this, right? <laughs> it might be crazy, but this is my goal. I want to build a platform big enough so that I can do like online podcasts with Bobby Lee or with 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 uh, uh, Andrew Schultz. I love Andrew Schultz actually. Yeah. He's so good. His show is so good. good. Yeah, yeah. Favorite. I love his show with the, the two couches, so many people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Craig Ferguson. I just want to basically talk to be be given a platform so that I can talk to the people that I listen to. I think that would be wild. Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah, that's like a dream of mine. Like, oh my God, one day could I go on Tiger Belly? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? What are you, <laughs> you have like a, you have like your own like recording. Just try it. You try it with yourself. Yeah, like you practice. <laughs> like, what jokes would I say? <laughs> I think that that's an amazing amazing goal and I think that you can achieve it. Like I don't think it's it's impossible. I, I think like especially those people that do podcasting and the comedians like they know they get the struggle. Yeah. They really went through it. Sometimes I'll see Bobby Lee, he'll be on like a podcast that has like 5000 followers. Yeah, yeah. And I can I can see that these people they they want to support. Yeah. And I think we are also like gateways like the Asian community. Yeah. So if you are able to like become that gateway for them, I think that also incentivize them to like talk to us, right? And yeah. now because of like one good thing I guess that came out of 
this whole COVID thing is that like online stuff is like a legit thing now. Mm. Like even I know how to like arrange recording sound online. That it sounds okay. It sounds yeah, decent. Yeah, it sounds good. So it's doable. It's not impossible. Like last time you had to be in person, but yeah. now you can do online recordings. Yeah, definitely. So it's actually I think possible. Yeah. Just have to build up this this community. No, that's such a good goal. I don't know what my goal is. What is your I goal? Tell like me. For I think the woke up show I. I just like I want. I feel like a big, big goal is that like to have the show also move also to streaming mm. to become a podcast on a platform like Amazon or Netflix. Like, that's a huge goal of mine. Like, right. and I feel like with the way that oh, a Netflix show that's doable with your setup and everything, it would yeah, be good as a Netflix that, show. That 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 was that was always like my deep inside goal that they, uh, that maybe that could happen but we still have to grow yeah. and we still have to like, I would sell I would even sell the show right. like under Yuzu like I would love to do that more like create shows start it and then we can sell it mm-hmm. because I, I love that pr- uh, process of creating something mm-hmm. yeah so I would say that's my goal I also like under Yuzu like hope to get like lots of different projects this year and like hopefully like kind of push different people to see that podcasting is worth not only investing in but also starting for yourself and like mm. I think podcasts also like what people think is that they need to be um, never ending like you're every single week the podcast like never ends but there are podcasts like frenemies that I've been really listening to earlier they have 30 something episodes and they, it exists in just that and it's it's magical or they're even the fiction you know the fictional podcasts that they tell stories yeah. they're only 20 episodes mm. so it doesn't have to be scary it can be something that you do slowly and you kind of yeah. get into seasonal yeah seasonal I mean uh, for the workout show that's what you're doing yeah that's right? to save money <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think there's a lot of there's a lot of creativity that can be done, that can yeah. be done right and there's just a lot of different ways to put together a podcast and what makes it work and what makes it special and entertaining and makes you want to sit there and listen mm-hmm. uh, because like I'm like I see like there's always this one person who comments on like all the podcasts in Malaysia. I don't know what their name is, but they are YouTube pictures like a something yellow. Okay. And Anakira or something like oh, that. Oh, I know him. Yeah, you yeah. Vincent, it. Vincent. He Vincent comments on everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, see this guy. Actually, I'll tell you something funny about I'll tell you something funny about him after the podcast. I don't know what I can say on on but we'll talk about We're it. We're gonna after. talk shit about you later. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be so funny if it's <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, friends with the Yamcha session. Yeah, the so I, like he, I can see that he watches all the different podcasts. Like, he's one of the people that messaged me and asked me when are you starting off the podcast. Yeah, so like somebody like that, mm-hmm. it like it shows you that yeah, there are people who want it, like who want it and who like like the variety. Mm-hmm. But I also want to ask you any personal New Year's resolution. Uh, personal. I think for me, this is gonna sound so. Um, cliche uh, so <laughs> iffy but like really I think this year is my yes year mm-hmm. so I'm just saying yes to everything um, yeah so even like um, yeah just saying yes to everything and seeing where it takes me so like with my, my new business mm-hmm. and also like um, the way I help out in my community is like serving in church and things like mm-hmm. that I work a lot with like younger younger kids teenagers especially so even like saying more yeses to that and mentoring more people mm-hmm. and Journey with them, so just saying yes to everything. So that's going to be my my year this year. Saying yes to everything. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, at the same time, I'm a bit worried that I 
There's always a fear you might overwork yourself or stretch yourself too thin. But this is the age to do so. Sure. I'm very kiasu so I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. You, what about your personal goals? Uh, a pickle of mine is to complain less because I love <laughs> to complain. Like, I just like, call my mom like, I need to complain. Right, right, right. I want to complain less. I think I just want to like... I, I feel like I'm, even though I'm someone that's seemingly confident, I always have a lot of like self-esteem. Like, I feel really, really bad about myself. Sure. And like it's like a daily, like some days I'm like, oh, everything's great. Some days it feels really bad. I just want to kind of get myself to a neutral place mm-hmm. with myself. Because I feel like confidence and self-esteem, like they're different. Mm-hmm. That they don't like... Like, you know, you can be, I can be confident by yeah. just that innate feeling with of yourself. Course. I completely 100% understand yeah. this. Like, a lot of people think that like, because I'm uh, bold. Because we know we put ourselves out there, out there. Our, our faces are out there, that, oh, you couldn't possibly feel bad about yourself or the way you look or the way you come across, but you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had, uh, like, one of my big struggles, uh, I've always felt not smart enough. Mm. And he's like... Uh, I feel like it's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's what people so say. That's what people think. People say, but I think, like, if you know, like, my family, I grew up with, like, a lot of intelligent, very intelligent family members. Mm. You know, my brother so is someone who's very very intelligent i've always been sort of like i guess academically also like b's and a b's c's kind of like yeah. student, right where i grew up with a lot of people who like straight a students and okay. so i can i think like for me i always just felt like yeah i like, really insecure when it came to like uh, my intelligence and it's something i didn't even know until maybe i mean kind of like really realized the past maybe two three years yeah. it was so weird i was doing um like, you know they do those like kind of like psychology tests where they tell you a story and you're supposed to like imagine certain things yeah so like one of it was about like they take you to a forest and then they give you certain scenarios and then you, you respond right mm. so one of the questions i won't tell the whole thing but the one question was like you walk in and you see an animal which animal do you see first mm. then the first animal i saw like it just came to mind was a fox mm. and then the person who was guiding me through this thing was saying like you know like a fox represents intelligence mm. and knowledge and flyness I was like, and this animal that you first see sort of represents the animal that you want to be, right? And I was like, I thought about it, I was like, actually that is so, so mm-hmm. true. I always thought like my interview with my, my weight or something like that, right? But then I thought about it, actually no, that I dealt with my whole life, right? Yeah. But like the deep one that no one knows about, that really like gives me, kind of like really is so deep and uh, so buried so deep, right? Is actually my intelligence. Like sometimes like you see like when I talk, I like, can't get the right word that all annoys me so much mm. but um, yeah so I totally understand so people also like they, they can't imagine me like saying that that being an insecurity but it's really a deep deep insecurity for yeah. me yeah so I totally understand the distinction between confidence and self-esteem self-esteem for sure yeah. and it's just, I feel like it just comes from nowhere yeah. you know what I mean it's like nobody ever put that on to me and nobody's ever said anything to me that I would feel this way probably the same for you so many people tell you you're so smart yeah. but like it, it's not I don't need you don't need somebody to tell you you're smart and you don't need I, don't, I wouldn't need somebody to tell me that I look good or, what, or any of those things because it's not it's about the, your conversation it's the yourself. standards the standards that we set la. for ourselves yeah we say it ourselves yeah. and sometimes uh, the, again la, like we oversimplify things right we just see things in like a one dimensional way and we paint this picture of a person that we want to be, uh, want to be or portray, but we fail to realize that really our imperfections also make us human and interesting yeah. and give us depth, right? Yeah. It's our imperfections that help us to empathize with others, yeah. understand other people. It also makes us funny and interesting. Yeah. 
So and like what we see in ourselves, what we feel about ourselves is not what other people see or feel about us in any way. Yeah, yeah. It really is. I remember once I said to my friend, I was like, she was like, where her dress? I was like, oh my god, I love your bag. You look so good. She's like. Ew, like I fucking hate it and I was just like oh my god like why do we do this why do we do this to ourselves like, I just look at you and I think you're smart and intelligent and gorgeous and all of that yeah. and you just can't see what I see so I always try and remind myself that you know even though it's not about other people it's about how we feel about ourselves that there are the people that we love like our parents and our friends that they what we see is not what they see and mm-hmm. how we feel about us is not how they feel about us and that's like a nice reminder that, that you we can get there to with our own selves in whatever that struggle may be for anybody. So how are you going to do this year? How are you going to build it? I don't know lah. I'm just going to try and just be nicer to me. I think for me it's like finding neutrality. Like I don't need to say that I'm good or anything and say either way it's fine. The acceptance lah. Yeah, just a pure acceptance. And just I think a constant reminder that it doesn't really matter. Like what you said, like even if you come across like really dumb, like really stupid, like it's fine. It's okay. Like you had a dumb day. Yeah. You know, sometimes we do. And like there are a lot of like Dumb people, I mean, in inverted commas, dumb yeah. people who like are great people, right? Yeah. Who build up this society, build up this world, you know? Yeah. So. Look at all the politicians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Clara, what's our time check? Huh? Uh, I feel that's a good episode. Yeah. It's a good first episode, uh, and we have to head for lunch as well, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so okay, let's uh, end this. We normally do prompts, but I don't have my prompts with me. So uh, before prompts, we used to do either final thoughts or recommendations maybe we do recommendations for like what could be anything what would you recommend to someone to watch or to read or to consume except you, you cannot recommend your own stuff Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it coming um, okay let me think um, I really genuinely haven't been watching anything that great I just started listening to this podcast called the high and the low. It's with Do- Dolly Alderson and Pandora. I don't know what her last name is. Phenomenal, amazing. Mm. I've also been reading. Uh, there's a if you're in a reading slump, this book called Before the Coffee Gets Cold will get you right back into reading again. Right. I love love reading. And I also read this other book, which is an easy read. It's not amazing, but it's fun. It's called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. And oh. I, when I read that book. I was so sleepy. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> nice. Sorry, I'm mic this up a little oh, bit. Oh, uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my my recommendation. I'm reading this book called uh, the Twenty Five Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Oh wow! You uh, and I have very different <laughs> book recommendations. I don't. I don't normally read. Yeah. So we give some diversity in our recommendations. <laughs> I don't normally read books on leadership. It's actually my first one uh, because I kind of always. I mean, I've always had that. Uh, you know. You know, some people have a perception that I, I'm not into like self-help kind of, you know, material. It's kind of like a scam. Mm-hmm. So I think I've also been a bit of, uh, had a little bit of pride when it came to this area. Mm-hmm. felt like it's all a scam. But I decided to myself to read a book on leadership. And so I googled and looked at all the lists of like recommended uh, books. And this is a book that's like written many years ago. Mm-hmm. I think maybe 15, 15 years ago. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. It's very simple. Um, but I realized that it is like kind of like help me compartmentalize what it means to be a leader mm-hmm. because a leader, leadership is basically like a mix of different attributes right mm-hmm. so it just breaks down the different attributes so it helps you conceptualize um, as a leader all these different areas am I working on it mm-hmm. like am I influencing people do I have vision it's all like simple mm-hmm. stuff but it helps you like really reflect yeah. and it has questions at the end of the chapter so that you can like kind of like reflect and also each chapter is like 
like narrative driven. So like the first chapter, chapter the law of the lead is about like McDonald's. You know, like how the McDonald's brothers had taken McDonald's to this level, but their leadership was at that level, so they couldn't take it any further. Then that one guy came in and bought over and made it an international. So the limit of any organization is the limit of the leadership of the leader. So it's like very, you know, like a narrative driven yeah. chapter, and it gives you that reflection. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Abhi's recommendation. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All good, Abhi. All good. That's fun. <laughs> nice we really like went on a roller coaster. Yeah, we talk about a lot of different things. I love it. This is a good first episode. I'm just praying and hoping. Let's hope it makes I'm it. hoping That's that the first episode. please save her. Please, love. please don't cause any troubles. <laughs> anyway, for all those listening, again, thank you so much for listening. I will be reaching out for more support this time through in terms of I might be not the only fans, maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but maybe like doing something like a Patreon account or something like that also for people to like, you know, help because I have like debts now because of all this equipment. So, but aside from that, even if you don't do that, that's fine. But if you could like recommend the podcast to someone, like, you know, send an episode oh, to a friend, peer-to-peer advertising is the best. Yeah. And that would really help. And now we're on YouTube, hopefully, God willing. So please subscribe on YouTube and like, yeah, just follow on all the platforms. Of course, follow Akshi, Woke Up Show. Yuzu Media. Yuzu Media, Woke Up Show, uh, Juicy Mixtapes, yes. all of that good stuff. So thank you for listening. From myself and Akshi, we hope you stay good. Stay healthy and stay safe. We are done.